Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Curious Muse, right here on the Curious Anarchy podcast. And I'm here, Jermaine, with my co-host, Mark Wilson. Welcome, Mark. I thought I recognised that cheerful, happy, superb podcasting voice. Good afternoon, Jermaine. How are you? Thank you very much. Uh, Good morning. Good morning to you, Mark. Um, good afternoon to you. I'm, I'm in a different place in the world, so good afternoon. Yes, indeed. You could be anywhere in the world right now, but exactly. you're here with me, right? With us, right Somber. here. Very Podcast, spending some time listening to another episode of Curious News. Now, today in the news, Mark, please enlighten us. Any progress uh, with I- this football thing? Well, there is, but I want to start with something trivial to begin with. It's not trivial, but it really does sum up the government of our day. Uh, It's emerged. Do you know who Sir James Dyson is? Yes. Can you illuminate me? Company to into Europe. Pre-Brexit. Yeah. So, basically, at the start of the conflict... If you remember going back to the, when I say the conflict, I mean the pandemic. If you go back to the beginning of the pandemic when you and I were chatting, mm-hmm. and there were various attempts of the UK government to mishandle providing PPI and protective equipment and all that sort of thing. Do you remember all that? Yeah. Throwing away money after bad ideas. So it's emerged that Boris turned to his friend and one of the biggest Tony, the Tory donors, uh, Sir James Dyson to help prepare some um, equipment for uh, for the for the pandemic. You know, like could he provide some of the? Be helping with the ventilators, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So basically, what's been revealed this morning is that there were a number of text messages between him and Boris. Oh, where he wanted to get he wanted to get workers from around the world to come here and help to do it. He didn't want to Sir Dyson didn't want to pay for it. And all the way along Boris was saying, Well don't worry, we'll sort it out. So there's a number of emails, texts to each other, where basically Boris says, I'll take care of the tax, don't worry about it. And then the guy's going back to him, Look, I've tried the treasury, everything, I'm getting nowhere. And it finishes up. See if I can find the quote with Boris saying, I will fix it. Um, And there's a wonderful quote where he goes, I'm the head of the, something like the Admiralty and the Commission or something. So I am the first commander of the economy. That's something like that. Boris says something like that. Okay, yeah. Lays it on quite thick. Yeah. But also, he's saying, like, basically, it stops here. It's like Trump saying, I'll sort it out. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what the government says. I'll sort it out. <laughs> uh, and this is after a week after the whole sleaze thing around Cameron. You know, this is such a corrupt government and no one is picking it up. It's like it's like watching naughty schoolboys and no one no one seems to care that they're, they're, they are literally wasting thousands and thousands of pounds. It's just amazing. Oh, I didn't want to say that. I'm leaving that for people to work their own thing up, but I'm saying it's thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. 
you know, millions and billions when you come down to it. But yeah. seeing as people don't care even about the thousands, what's the point of going into the billions with this conversation? So that's my starting story. But we do have to come on to the football. And it's a little challenge to all our, our, our listeners out there. Can you find me an example of a bigger, more embarrassing example of mismanagement of anything? Within the, within the space of 48 hours, we've had the creation of a, a super, super league in Europe with 12 of the best teams in Europe. And if we fast forward 48 hours later, it's absolutely in pieces. <laughs> now, that would be bad, right? If we didn't know that they've spent eight months planning this. Mm -hmm. Of course, this, this was clearly not some new concocted idea. Right. So you say that, but then when you look at the managers of some of these clubs, Klopp, Guardiola, etc., they didn't have a clue this was going on. Mm. None of the footballers knew it was going on. They've all woken up, up after we found out to find out the same thing. So you've got people like Klopp standing up in front of the media before a match going, well, this has nothing to do with us. And, and the media going, but you're liberal, aren't you? He goes, yeah, yeah. Says, so it's something to do with you, right? And he goes, no, no, but we didn't know anything about this. And it's true, they didn't. Wow. They've consulted no fans. So what they've tried to do, for those who out there who don't, haven't been following this, can't be many, but if they haven't, I even saw James Corden did a big post, a thing on it on his TV program in America. Right, for those who haven't been following it, they wanted to change a merit-based competition so that you, if you got into a certain position, you got into this tournament. If you were the top two, three, four, whatever in your country, you got into this tournament. They wanted to change that to a 12-team automatically picked for this tournament plus five, five or six others who would be invited. So you, you could be bottom of your, you could be relegated in your own country and still be in this tournament. They consulted with no football people at all. And two days later, it's in pieces. Mm. It's been terrible. It's been, it's been absolute chaos. I'm asking the Curious Anarchy listeners to find me a more embarrassing scenario anywhere in the world. It, it, it is terrible. It's all of these wonderful ideas about economic growth and, and dashed by, oh, wait, you guys didn't even talk to, like, the people yeah. actually represent. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the other thing, Jermaine, is you've got to look at, these are some of the richest people in the world. Absolutely. You I, must I wonder saw... how much money they must be wasting on schemes and ideas that they don't give a moment's proper thought to. And something that I, I saw on this was that the, I think it was the UEFA, were looking to find players that went along with the Super League. I'm thinking, wait, why are we finding players? Yeah, they won't be. Not... That won't happen. But you're right. They, you're that not. was one of, What they were trying to do was scare players. Like, the biggest scare point was not finding them, because obviously, you know, the players are quite wealthy. It was yeah. saying you won't play in the World Cup final, so you won't play in the Champions League this year. So yeah. at the moment, we're at the semi-final stages for the Champions League and the Europa League. So if you said to live, uh, you said to Chelsea and Man City and Real Madrid, you won't get into the final, you won't be able to carry on playing in this tournament. That would scare the players much more than financial, uh, I think. So all they were doing, all, all that FIFA was doing was retaliating with its power 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to, to stop the power of these, because these are mega rich people, so potentially they could have been very powerful. But the fact that they didn't have an earthly idea of what they were doing, most of them have no idea about the concept of football, because they come from American sports where you can do this sort of thing. You can have your top 10 teams. And no one really that cares. Like, for example, in the basketball and the football leagues, you don't drop out of them. So someone like the um, Green Bay Packers or the LA Knicks, they don't drop out of their leagues. Yeah. They, I think they have, like, regional leagues. Yeah, but they don't drop out of it, is what I mean. Yeah, it's just, just fixed. You, yeah. can't, you can't fall out of it completely and then have to earn the right to get back in it. Yeah. yeah. You're there for life. That's you it. know, this, this deal would have been 23 years of this team being these teams being in that tournament. So arguably, they could have completely dismantled it in 15 years and still be in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, can you think of a bigger, bigger mess by some of the most organized and richest people in the world? I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, Jermaine, even to get close. Supposedly. I mean, just the way that it even came out. Like, yeah, on a Sunday night during a pandemic. Like, like, like what Ian Wright said, everybody was roundly against it. Yeah, but he came out on a Sunday night in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> you think about when the logic of that? Football just beginning to open back up as well. Yeah, exactly. They want their fans to come back in now. It's like mad. I've never seen anything stupider in my life. You've had Are eight they months to put plan. hands off. But you've had eight months to plan the perfect introduction of all this. And you do it on a Sunday night in the middle of a pandemic. Like, Seriously? Where the fans are about to come back in stadiums. Are you, are you mad? <laughs> I mean, it shows a total disrespect for their audience. That's what it is. Wow. Um, and I'm just seeing updates now that all six Premier League teams have withdrawn. That was last night. They all, they all withdrew by oh, last night. Okay. Yeah. Liverpool, so the, only team, the, the, only, team that's, the only team that's categorically still in it is the Real Madrid. Because their chairman, made, their chairman Perez, made some of the most outlandish statements, like this was going to help football, and and um, this is the way. F you know, he made some amazingly outlandish statements. I don't know how he's going to backtrack from them. He may have to resign. I can't see how he can backtrack. I just can't see how he can. It's just like, like everyone else was like, like you didn't hear from a, a host of teams, but he was like every minute on the press, every minute. Wow. I don't, I don't know how he gets back from that. I have no idea. I mean, already we've had Woodward resign from Manchester United. There will be other, uh, Juventus have lost the, the chairman. They're, people will be resigning for this, and most clubs will be trying to force out their leadership. If they have American owners who don't have a clue about football, they will be forced out, or try, at least tried to be. Wow! What a mess! What a mess! So. I wonder what kind of atmosphere must be taking place in these clubs right now. So what what, what started what started the, what started the downfall was that yesterday Chelsea had a football match and before the match thousands of fans turned up not to go in the game but to go outside and protest. They blocked the streets and everything. Oh, and literally within half an hour Chelsea had already withdrawn from that now I can guarantee you every football team involved in this will have their fans outside their ground this week wow they want the chairman to resign these people are not representatives of their club they don't understand the history the culture they, they, they've, they've be, it's become a business a franchise and it's, I, that's not what people wanted I saw somewhere and I'm not sure if this is even true that 
um, the Glazers are, are looking to sell United. So people are talking things like this. We don't have proof of these things. Yeah, you know, you, you, I heard, I heard reports of four or five different franchises talking about doing this. I don't know if it's true or not. But what I'm saying is, it would be better if it were true because the fans are going to push for that anyway. Well, there's no way Man United fans are going to tolerate these people being there from any time onwards now. Yeah. Same with Arsenal. Same with Liverpool. Same with Man. Well, Man City might get away with it. Chelsea may get away with it. Juve won't tolerate it. AC Milan won't tolerate it. I mean, you know, it's just, this is not acceptable. Barcelona, I think, will struggle to tolerate it. You know, this is not acceptable. The only team that's not under pressure is Real Madrid because they're owned by the banks. Yeah. So it's a completely different ball game, isn't it? Because they're, they're not, you know, there's not a guy going to get into his limousine and try and get home with all the fans throwing things at him. So my guess is Real Madrid will suffer less than most because they are and not run by the same uh, I don't know whatever that everyone else is run by an, an external conglomerate yeah that's thank you that's exactly outside what it is. of the system yeah, yeah. 100% I mean that's Kind exactly of that in a way I guess um, but does it does it happen to be the uh, the same banking group that uh, has coordinated this so JP Morgan is the guy who coordinated the whole project or not I mean coordinating is a really bad word for a project that falls apart in two days uh, we can say the person who was behind the project I wouldn't say because there's no coordination that I can see involved in this uh, so he was the one behind it and it was predominantly the American uh, football club owners who were involved they forced the other clubs into a bit of a corner where they had to join so like you know you can't have a super group without teams like Barcelona and Man City so they had to join but notably certain teams did not join who you would have thought would have PSG, one of the richest teams in the world, you'd have thought Automatic would have joined. They, they refused to join. Bayern Munich refused to join. But uh, Dortmund ref, refused to join. Ajax and people refused. You know, it's quite interesting. Certain teams where countries were more principled didn't join. Mm. So you had mm. no representation from Germany, no representation from Holland, no representation from Portugal in what was meant to be the, the best tournament in Europe. So it's interesting. But, uh, you know, it's predominantly an American project based on, on how American sport is run. And you simply can't try make that translation. We've, we've put up with them using half the stadiums as American football stadiums and introducing certain cultural things like cheerleaders into it. But it just, that's about as far as it can go. We are not going to tolerate some uh, artificial thing. This is, this is, look, this football has a tradition. This is what James Gordon said, of a hundred years. You know, these are teams that have got a history going back a hundred years. We're not going to tolerate this nonsense. It's not going to happen. So what they've done, football has shot itself in the foot because now not only are people unhappy about this, they're unhappy about the whole franchise thing now together. If they hadn't done this, people would have, what's the word, begrudgingly gone along with how it is. Yeah. Now it's going to be pushed back. (laughs) This is a real shot in the foot. This this is a real shot in the foot. I don't know why you would go along with this. You know, I, I've never been multi-wealthy, and I can't put my head in their in the, I can't put my head in their shoes, so to speak. Um, but I can't get my any sense of why they're doing this or why they did it. Sorry, I can't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're poor, but they've lost m- money out of football. But, but you know, but everyone's lost money this year. Yeah. I guess they're the only ones that were forced to be trying to get it back by some backdoor method that no one was going ever going to go along with. Just 
can't get my head around it. <laughs> it's just like lunacy. It, it, you know when you used to hear about Mad Kings and that? This is what this is. This is pure lunacy that you'd have to be so elite that you'd actually think it could work. So elite and so removed. Yes, that's the thing. That's the thing, Jermaine. So removed. You know. And I, I want to leave this bit of the story behind with a, with a story that always makes me laugh. Always makes me laugh. It's one of my favourite stories. Avramovich, the, the owner of Chelsea, um, he's in a business group with four other businessmen. Mm-hmm. And obviously because they're doing oil and it's Russia, they, they have to negotiate with big conglomerates around the world. And they will negotiate with the people from the um, uh, the Gulf, you know, the Arabic states. Yeah. And these were big deals, billion pound deals. And, and one of the, Avramovich's Aram, uh, friends, one of the one of his group of four, took the other three to court. And for some reason, I don't know why, but it happened in London. It was about five years ago. <clears throat> and they took him to court. He took them to court because he was being excluded from a lot of the deals. It's like, the, you know, we've always been a, a, four, a four group deal. Why am I being excluded from this? Went to the old Bailey and they asked the Ramovich and his friends, why are you keep excluding this guy? And they said, it's quite simple, really. He keeps turning up for board meetings with these people wearing just socks and nothing else. And the judge went, what? And he said, yeah, yeah, he turns out completely naked, just wearing socks. And he's a big lad as well. He's like, you know, 20 stones doing that one. What kind of eccentricity? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's exactly it. And and so when we ask how can they be so removed from the real world, there's your answer. Mm. So well, let's move on from this because it's it's sad and depressing that people can be so so egotistical and and self-serving that it just it's I don't want to spend a lot of time. It's like you know, it's like whatever the word Babylon was meant to mean. This is it. You know how stupid and, and self-serving and self-centered can can you get? Yeah. I wanted to talk about obviously the trial in America that in, 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 oh, cool. Minneapolis. Thank you, in, in Minneapolis. Um, it's a wonderful thing that a film that everyone has seen around the world led to the conviction of a murderer dressed as a policeman. That's a wonderful thing. Because if it hadn't happened like that, how on earth could you justify acquitting yeah. someone who you've seen on film murder someone? So that's a wonderful thing. However, before people get too jubilant, mm-hmm. at the same time this was happening, a 13-year-old girl was being killed in America. Yeah. Last week, a, a 14-year-old boy was shot because the, 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 the police officer thought he had a gun. The week before that, someone was killed because they supposedly tried to get their guns serving training police officer, someone who trains others who thought they'd pull their gun out and uh, put their taser out and pull a gun out. This is this is not acceptable. You know, the, the point of having a police officer is to maintain peace and order so that people are safe in the community. The fact that these people become assassins and murderers is not acceptable at large as well like it's it's yeah yeah but it's just not 
you know, and and, and the, the, the sheer, the, it's the volume, and also it's just the, the fact that they just get away with it. See, Jermaine, I, I have, as you know, I have no respect or time for the police force in the United Kingdom. However, the one thing I will acknowledge is that this year, the chief of police said, we can only police the country with consent. So if you ask us to stop people having parties during COVID, we can only do this by the consent of the community. Mm-hmm. Now, pe- people, police officers have to understand this. If you start killing the community, don't expect to be able to walk down there the next day. Yeah. That's just not acceptable. And I'm not advocating anything harmful towards anybody. I'm a peace loving guy. But what I don't like is the fact that these people think they can get away with this because they have a uniform on. When I was at school, all the people that became police officers were the real bullies in the schoolyard. But not the bullies like I'm talking about. So we had guys who were like proper hooligans. Or, you know, back in the day, football hooligans and all that sort of thing. We had guys that really were lead firms. They were big characters. These weren't the ones who became police officers. Police officers were the ones who you, you barely spoke to, but when they saw them, they were nasty little characters and kicked you when they weren't looking sort of thing. And nearly all of them who were uneducated and unworldly became police officers. Mm. And there's a, there's a demographic about police that, that isn't pleasant. It doesn't represent the community as a whole. It's a really simple question. If this is a peace officer and not a warmonger, why aren't there cross ranges of communities in police forces? It's a really good question. It really, really is a good question. I mean, even my my local police, I think I've seen maybe one Asian and one black officer. I mean, look, let's talk about the demographic of the country. If you if you say you had 30 police officers, there should be 50% women, uh, 50% Muslim, 15, 15% African, 15% Asian. That's what it should look like. Yeah. Well, I can't find many forces that look like that at all. That actually represents the. the, yeah. and, the I'm and I'm sorry to say this. And I'm sorry to say this. Yeah, go on, go on, go ahead. It should also represent the intelligence of the community, not the lowest common denominator. So I don't need to see a thug on the other side of the police line because if I ha- yeah. if I'm seeing that, then the thugs I'm standing next door to might as well become the police officers, if that's your criteria. You know, I need someone a little bit cleverer than think. Well, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you. I need something a little bit more. I don't know forward thinking processes than that yeah and I have seen police for example in this country since I was young and I've seen the tactics and the dispersion and whatever they use and I, I don't see that represented in that force and you know what the funny thing is Jermaine when you go to things like murders and detective work you do see so it's not they're not recruiting people that can do that. They're just not putting them spread across the force. They're in specific uh, areas of, speci- of speciality. You know, they all say that every copper wants to become a, a detective. It's like that. So the detectives are great. But the people doing the other things are not so great. Yeah. And, it's, and it shows. And often I speak to people in different places of different police force, and they're embarrassed for the, for the average 
police officer because they're not carrying out the task as it's meant to be done. And that's not right. And in America, they've built years of resentment because of this action, because of the way they've dealt with this. Why would you want to do that? You know, you're the guy's going to have to try and, you know, when you go downtown, wherever, and someone sets fire to your vehicle, why do you think this is happening? You've started a whole new generation hating you. Look at it that way. It's like it's like the whole thing with with the tourism and racism. You've started a whole new generation growing up hating you. Why would you want to do that? You know, it makes no sense. It's it's as as senseless as the football owners thing we've just been talking about. Why would you encourage people by showing how prejudiced you can be to grow up with another generation hating on you? And it clearly appeals to a certain generation. And then I see the flip side where the younger generation are then put off from politics, which then gets back into the cycle. And then you don't have the the range of people in the people that you should have. And the people that you do have are the biggots because they're like, well, no one's talking to me anyway. I must be talking to the police force. No, that's not how it should run. That's not what the point of it was. But it's set up to keep the peace and to stop outbreaks of uh, disorder. That's not what it's become. It's become a private tool of people with, for their prejudices. Yeah. It's not acceptable. But any prejudice, whether that be based on some fictitious crime or some mental health scenario. Um, yeah. I know there's been conversations about them getting some sort of social training to be able to deal with that. I'm very concerned about that. Um, right. But, this, this happens in a lot of jobs. Like you have social training in teaching. But the problem you've got is how do you deal with culture? If the culture is to do something, like say, for example, you lived in a house where the culture is violence and someone goes on a training course to stop being violent. Once they come back into that culture, they're still going to be violent, even though they know after training they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You've got to change the culture. So what that happened, so what what used to change the culture was having activities for people, like youth clubs and things. So they, it, there was a bridge. That bridge has been dismantled. You know what? There was something that you mentioned to me a little while Uh-oh. ago. Um, <laughs> I go. hate being quoted. Racking the memory brains now. Um, memory banks. Um, there was something about some... I'm not even too sure if it was released again, but there was some sort of training that was developed in order to be used as a get around for the system. Um, so that, that the thing was, they were asked if they had done the training, if they'd have broken some rule. Um, the fact that they had done the training made that individual liable, not the organization. So they become individually legally responsible, which is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you're, you're part of a team. Imagine imagine suing a, a defender because he's let a goal in and not the whole team. That's what you're talking about. It's crazy. I mean, you know, and, it, and again, the culture is don't don't get involved then. So you're not doing your job because if the danger is doing your job, you're going to get fined or even sacked. You'd step back and watch and not get involved because why would you want to be put yourself in that scenario? Interesting. You've got yeah. to change the culture. You've this got to change parallel. the culture. This is kind you know, of paralleling um, with the scenario with the social care system. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
And also, when you look around the world, people make fun of so-called third world governments and third world policing and everything because they, they're corrupt, you know. They yeah. do roadblocks and they take your money. But, but, but this isn't any better. Yeah. This is not a blinding example of how it should be done. I noticed that, that the other news I heard yesterday was that one of the ministers, I think it was the defence minister, resigned because legislation to not sue or not bring to not bring to court soldiers who act unlawfully in the job. So if the British Army do something that's unlawful, say they shoot someone on a train who's not a terrorist, they can't be sued now because they're bringing legislation to safeguard them. And this guy resigned because it wouldn't hold true over Northern Ireland when there was huge atrocities that still need to be counted. So he's upset that they're not going to whitewash these people. And that's not acceptable. You, you, can't, you can't have this. You can't do this. You have, if someone does wrong, no matter what field they're in, they have to be accountable. The whole expression of being responsible for your actions and learning from your mistakes. Those things are there for a reason. If you do not hold people accountable, it makes them above the law and that's not acceptable. Who's above the law? Name me one person that's above the law. What's the point of having laws then? Why would you have laws? So hold on, I could say, I want Jermaine to become president of, of uh, uh, Trinidad so that he can be above the law. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. He should be the best example of the law. The best example. Yeah. I think uh, 29 minutes is not a short curious <laughs> news, so we need to we need to we need to come off, off point. Um, thank you for listening today. Today's subjects have been so difficult, and uh, we can't apologise for that because it's the world we live in, unfortunately. Um, but we will apologise for going over time. And we hope that you have a wonderful, happy and healthy day. I've not been Jermaine G. And I've not been Mark W. This has been the uh, Curious Muse right here on Curious Anarchy Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. Salam.